Welcome to the Friday Night Inner Space Talk. Tonight's talk is Comfortable, Confident You. Our speaker tonight is joining us from the Isle of Man. Joanna is a retired psychology and organizational behavioral lecturer who's worked both in Hong Kong and the Isle of Man. Tonight, we've asked Joanna to explore how to become more comfortable, confident in you, and how to seize opportunities, take on challenges, grow into the best version of yourself, and fully own your happiness and your life. We've also asked her to share strategies on how to, one, feel that you are enough, comfortable in your own skin, and two, elevate and amplify your confidence. Not too much, but not too little. Joanna's going to be speaking now until 10 past seven, and then she'll do a short three minute meditation. Following that, she'll take your questions. So please send in your questions via the question and answer link um, or via the chat. And I'll be taking your questions and putting them to Joanna on your behalf. Joanna, thank you. Over to you. Thank you very much, uh, Artie. And it's very nice to be with you all this evening. Uh, I've prepared a little presentation for you. So I'm going to just share my screen, hopefully. So this whole area of confidence. Now, one of the things I've always found uh, very surprising about confidence is that whenever I've kind of pinpointed people that to me seem to be really confident whenever I actually just talk to them what they say is actually they don't really feel very confident inside which it, I don't know whether you've ever had that um, experience where you've thought gosh that person is so confident and then when you said something they've said oh no I don't really didn't feel like that at all <laughs> and and maybe you know this is uh, this is uh, the case for many of us that sometimes we kind of project an aura of confidence, whereas actually inside we don't really feel confident. So how do we develop this much more authentic sense of uh, being confident? I think what tends to happen with confidence is that we tend to hook it onto various things outside of ourselves in our lives, which actually is why we often end up with quite a lot of fluctuation in our in our feelings of confidence and I'm sure you've probably experienced that where at certain times of your life things have been going quite well and so you you feel um, you know very confident and then at other times uh, it's like things are maybe not going so well in certain areas of your life and our confidence can absolutely plummet so I think this is a really good question, and I'd like you just to reflect on that for a moment. Who or what do I base my confidence on? Because 
like I say, sometimes we can base it on very external things. And, and these things can change throughout our lives. I think when we're younger, often we tend to base our, our confidence on perhaps more like our physical appearance. You know, I think this is a big thing now amongst young pe younger people is that, um, you know, people have become very sort of obsessed about their, about the way they look and, uh, you know, what other people think about them in terms of their looks. So this is um, certainly one, one area. Um, but uh, sometimes we base our confidence on our material things. Um, you know, uh, like the car that we drive or whatever. Uh, but another area is our relationships and how our relationships are going. And uh, sometimes people can gain a lot of confidence from being in a secure relationship and perhaps how well their children are doing in life. But this can cause a, a huge crisis if there is a breakdown in that relationship. And I've seen that um, quite a bit in people who um, come to do courses, for example. Uh, and you often find that, you know, they come when there's been some sort of major upheaval in their life. And that has caused this sort of crisis uh, of confidence. So, you know, we can hook our, our, our confidence to so many things. It could be our mental abilities. Uh, it could also be our health, as we've been talking about, all the kinds of activities that we, we do, our different hobbies. We could hook it onto um, where we've been in the world and where we've traveled to, for example. It's like all these things we might use to sort of puff up our sense of self and our feeling about our feelings about ourselves. And again, it could be just, uh, I think the material world as it is today, um, people are often um, feeling confident based on, uh, on these quite superficial things. So how do we find this feeling of confidence from within? Because uh, I, I remember uh, someone who came he, who came to do a, a self-esteem course with me one time, and uh, she was telling her story. She said she was saying that uh, about a year and a half before she came to do this course, she'd been like a kind of super mum in the sense that she had she had three children and she was uh, working full time. She was actually doing a very, quite a stressful job. It was uh, a social, she was a social worker. So, so really quite uh, intense. And, uh, uh, and then she decided that she was a bit overweight and that she wanted to get physically fit and get herself you know, looking good and, and get herself in shape. So she started going to the gym and started jogging and doing a few other exercises, exercise type things. And then she started to feel really tired and, and quite, um, quite worn out. So rather than kind of stopping at that point, she decided to do more because she thought, well, maybe I'm just a bit out of shape. Let me do more. And then she had just like a complete breakdown. And in fact, she was in this state where she, she couldn't even get out of bed. And this, this went on and on and on. And it was like all the all her confidence, she said that all her confidence just completely disappeared because she felt, well, 
all these things that I was doing and were, were making me feel good, like being a good mother to my children and uh, cooking and, uh, and going, going out to work and supporting people at work. I couldn't do any of it. I could hardly even get out of bed. And so she, it made her realize just how she had attached her feeling of confidence to all these external things. And so she said, she said, you know, I really want, I, it's like I've had to start to rebuild myself from scratch all over again. And this time I really want to start by building myself up from the inside out. And I think this is the only place that we can find true confidence, a confidence that will sustain us through all the different challenges. And so that we're not on a kind of a roller coaster because, you know, when things are going well, you know, I hook my confidence onto something. I'm not always aware of it, but that's often what happens. And then, um, and then when that thing is going well, I'm, my confidence is high. And then when it goes down, for some reason, my confidence becomes very low. So um, this is where, really where we want to explore this more authentic confidence is to start by building from the inside out. So, uh, and there are a few things that I thought would be useful for this. Uh, first of all, uh, to be aware. Sorry, I was getting distracted. Yeah, is to be aware of my beliefs and my mindsets because these are often things that are. They're, they're like programs that are running in the background and they are affecting me, often without me really being conscious of it. It's like at the moment, um, being in the Isle of Man, I don't actually have an internet uh, account anymore. So I've been using my phone as a hotspot. And uh, <laughs> I found that I kept uh, that the battery kept on getting low on my phone and I thought what knows is going on because usually it, it keeps its uh, it keeps its charge quite well and then I realized of course that it, it was the hot spot and that uh, and it's like I hadn't thought about it before so I wasn't really conscious that that's what it could be I was sort of trying to find I thought oh maybe it's getting old you know maybe <laughs> so uh, and, th and that's often the case with our subconscious beliefs and, and mindsets and mindsets are like a sort of cluster of beliefs that are about our abilities particularly well you can have mindsets about anything but that's that's the area that I want to talk about also it's really important I feel to to have this belief in my ability to change because if I think that I'm just stuck with this level of confidence that I've perhaps always experienced throughout my life, then it's not very inspiring. But you know what we've been learning through through all the neuroscience and all of that is that we all have huge potential to be able to change our personality and just about anything about ourselves that we may want to uh, put energy into. And thirdly, I need to know myself from the inside and know what might be very clear about what my strengths and values are all of these things really help to contribute to my feelings of, of confidence so let's um 
let's start by having a look at these uh, subconscious, some of these subconscious beliefs that can undermine my confidence and my how I feel about myself. And like I say, these can be very sort of subconscious programs that are running that I'm not aware of. And they sometimes they might be conscious, but sometimes they're really not. And so the good, you know, the classic one uh, is that I'm not good enough or I'm no good or, you know, and I may not, I may not ever say that to myself, you know, kind of consciously, but it doesn't mean to say that it's not there running as a program because it's often, it will often only come to light in my responses and, you know, in, in my responses to things that happen in my life. And I think, um, you know, criticism was mentioned in, in, in the blurb for this talk um, about how do we how do we respond to criticism? And I think this this particular belief you can see very clearly um, when somebody criticizes me, because if if actually we have very good self-esteem, you know, we feel confident inside, then actually we're quite adult. We can be quite adult about criticism in that I would I would say I could say to myself, okay, well, maybe this person has got a point, you know, maybe what they're saying I need to actually look at. And so I would have that self-respect to say to myself, yeah, well, let me just look at this and, and maybe there's something that I need to change. Um, and of course, if I feel, you know, if I've really looked and I feel that no, you know, really, I think it's maybe just this person projecting stuff onto me, then I can just leave it with that and I can maybe just. Uh, communicate with that person and see if I can find any more, you know, enlighten myself anymore on where, where they're coming from. But what we tend to do instead is kind of, you know, sometimes we can see it as a threat and be very defensive. And this is often because, you know, our sense, our confidence is something that we are trying to manufacture and we don't actually want to see, and we don't actually want anybody to see that sort of deep inside I am actually not very confident at all. And so this can make me feel very kind of fearful that, um, you know, I know I'm no good, but now this person is criticizing me. So actually they know that I'm no good as well. And so it's like my, you know, my guilty secret is out and that's, that can be quite terrifying. I think that's, you know, it's a very sort of deep analysis, but I think that's, that's often what lies at the heart of feeling afraid of, of criticism. So when things, so this is another uh, belief. And again, we, we will only notice it if when we come across a, a, quite a big challenge in our life. So when things are tough and I'm under pressure, I must be miserable and there is nothing I can do about it. You know, obviously that's not something that we would consciously say. But if when I come through a challenge or I'm going through a challenge, I start to feel really quite helpless and um, depressed then often it's because I have this kind of belief that's, uh, that's there beneath, below the surface. And then this is the sort of the Facebook, um, <laughs> the Facebook belief where people are looking on Facebook and they see you know, people posting all these wonderful things about their lives. And so there is this, you know, it could be a conscious, uh, conscious belief or, um, or it could be more subconscious. But just this idea that, well, everyone must be leading this wonderful life uh, and, I, and I'm not in some way. <laughs> so these are all completely irrational 
uh, irrational beliefs. And I, I need to uh, understand that these beliefs are undermining my feelings of capability about myself. Uh, and this is just something that I've always found very interesting is this definition of stress. That stress is a mismatch between the demands of the situation and my perception of my ability to cope. So it's not actually my ability to cope that's the issue when I'm dealing with a situation, but it's my perception. And so when I have all these programs running, it can just keep undermining, undermining my perception of my actual ability to cope. You know, it, it's brainwashing me that I can't actually cope when really, you know, most of us, um, when a challenge happens, you know, we, we do manage to overcome it, even if we get a bit poleaxed at the very beginning. So how do we, how do we start by kind of challenging these beliefs? Um, first of all, of course, we, we need to become aware of them. That's the most, that's, the, that's the starting point, because as soon as I become aware of these beliefs, then it's like I'm no longer in them. You know, it's like the programming, you know, these beliefs are part of my programming, but if I step outside of that, then I start to be able to uh, be present with them. And I think being present is something that actually takes us out of the programming. So just to notice what's going on is, is a very good start. And not to, you know, this is where learning to be present, to be still, and to be an observer from that place of stillness, to be an observer of what I'm actually creating. And because the mind, it can do all, you know, it, it's always chundering out all sorts of negative stuff, given half a chance. So if I can understand that I'm not my mind, and that I am, I am this being of peace and stillness, and that the mind is something that I can use, you know, to, to help me, <laughs> to help me to create positive thoughts. But it can also, um, uh, it can also be my worst enemy, as as we know. So when I can step out of my mind, find this place of of stillness, and actually start to witness, to be the witness to my beliefs. This is a very good starting point. So it's like finding a place inside that's actually beyond the programming. And this this picture, I forget who it's by now, but I, I it kind of gives me this idea that that um, the, the that the shepherd uh, the is is kind of in the the known world, you know, which is where the sun and the tree and, and the stars and the moon is, and it's like he's sort of poking his head beyond the known world. In other words, the known world to me is like often the, the programming that we have, but we need to sort of put our head outside of that and actually see the, the more unlimited aspect of myself. And this is where we start to become very creative because when we, when we get beyond the programming, it's like we uh, release a huge amount of energy which can then be used much more creatively. And this is where I can start to create a vision of myself, you know, similar to if you were here at the beginning when we were talking about this. 
but also, you know, an interesting thing is that who I want to be is often actually who I am, because why would I have this idea if it wasn't really who I, who I truly was? So I feel it's very important to cultivate who I want to be, but to understand that this is actually who I truly am. And all I need to do, do therefore, is to get is to remove the programming, which is actually which is actually what is getting in the way of me being my true uh, my true self. So it's easier. It's easier try, than, than trying to be somebody. You know, I might, might feel I want to be you know, more competent or more confident or comfortable with myself. Well, you know, this is actually who I truly am. And I just need to get rid of the things that are getting in the way of that. So we can challenge our subconscious beliefs. When we notice them, then we can start to challenge them. So, you know, we can start to create something different. And that can be whatever, you know, whatever you, whatever you feel is empowering to you, a vision of yourself that's empowering for you. So you can transform, I'm not good enough, when you notice it, uh, to I'm an amazingly capable and powerful, peaceful being, or whatever it is that you feel uh, just lights you up about yourself. Uh, and we can also develop other strategies to be able to challenge, you know, these feelings of oh, I'm just never going to go over this. It's just all so difficult. You know, I, I really need to start by finding a different way of looking at the challenges in my life. So if I see them, each situation, it, this is just a test paper for me. And it's it's in my journey, you know, we all, we're all on our, our little um, spiritual or you know, journey through life. And uh, whatever that journey is, it's all very different for each one of us. But if I can understand that everything that, that pops up in my, on my journey is actually tailor-made to help to make me stronger and to develop me as a person. And then this idea that, you know, everybody else has got a better life than me. Well, this is the only life that I've got. <laughs> so whatever it is, however difficult it is or however limiting it feels at, at, in certain times, at certain times, you know, my job is to be my is to be, you know, like the hero in my own uh, play. And how do I do that? Well, I I need to use my inner strengths and my inner qualities in order to bring these into my life and to to create different responses, to be creative in terms of the different responses that I make. Because this is when we really understand that, you know, we are the creators of our of our own lives. Well, we, we are the creators of our own inner world. And this is really what's the most important aspect of ourselves is our inner world, because everything starts with our inner world. And if I can um, create a very positive vision of, uh, of my life and start to uh, put these things into practice on a daily basis, then I start to appreciate that, yeah, this is, this is my life, this is the only life I've got, so let me really be a hero in it. <laughs> now, uh, I mentioned mindsets, and um, this is, as I said, is like a cluster, clusters of beliefs. And this, these two types of mindset, growth mindset and 
um, fixed mindset. This was something that was uh, I came across when I was working in education. This is by uh, Carol Dweck. And she was looking at students and looking at what happens when they, uh, when they experience failures. And she found that there were two very different types of responses. And one was that they would just say, yeah, okay, I failed in this, but this is just an opportunity for me to, uh, to learn something new and become stronger. And then they would just work much harder. Whereas other people, they experienced a failure and they would just, you know, just kind of give up and think, well, this is not for me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to carry on with these studies, for example. So, um, and she talked, so she divided them into these two types of mindset. One is a, a fixed mindset. And I think, again, it's something just to reflect on, you know, for, for each one of us, what kind of mindset do I have? And generally we only, you know, we only kind of find out about this when we are up against the wall and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with things in our life. So um, a fixed mindset, when faced with failure or challenge, they, they don't pay attention to the opportunities for learning. So they tend to get, as soon as that happens, they get very depressed, they lose their self-esteem and uh, they get very discouraged. Also, they start to denigrate their intelligence by saying, you know, things like I'm stupid or whatever. And they underrepresent their past successes and overrepresent failures. I mean, this is something that we tend to do anyway. We tend to, you know, in psychology, they talk about negativity, that, that human beings tend to have a negativity bias. And, this is where, you know, even if lots of good things are happening, sometimes we tend to focus on what's not happening um, rather than, you know, what, it, what the good things that are happening. So it's like we have to train ourselves out of this negativity bias and really um, focus on our successes rather than our um, failures. Now, the growth mindset is what's really uh, interesting is that when they're faced with a failure or challenge, then they pay attention to what they can learn from it, learn from the setback. Now, this is very interesting. They focus on what they're learning rather than how they are feeling. Because when, when we fail, generally, we, we do feel very despondent when we first hear about our failure. And that's and if we continue just feeling despondent or or getting into those feelings, then it's like you know we just perpetuate that and it all kind of goes downhill. But when we focus on instead, when we shift our focus onto okay, well, what can I learn from this? Then it's like I start to feel uh, that that this this is an opportunity rather than a, a terrible thing that's just happened. And as soon as we start to gain confidence, you know, as soon as we start to find ways of, of dealing with challenges, which empower us, then it's like quite naturally we start to feel more, you know, we gain confidence because we feel, yeah, I've overcome that challenge and, uh, or, or yeah, I've had this failure, but I didn't let it set me back. 
And again, this element of creativity that's so important that I think, okay, well, how can I find new ways of going about this? And when I'm creating newness, then again, it, it, it enhances my energy. And so I start to feel good inside and that it, it helps my feeling of being comfortable within my own skin. And using self-motivating statements, for example, the harder it gets, the harder I try. So, so I think we all need to have little encouraging statements that, you know, quotes, like, for example, I had, um, I had a, a quote that I picked when we were having a New Year's, um, a New Year's uh, workshop a couple of years ago. And it's really been so useful for me. And it was keep believing, keep believing. No matter how things appear, your vision will carry you through. And I just, you know, when things like the setback that I had quite recently in my health, um, you know, I just, I thought, well, no matter how things appear, you know, keep believing, keep going. And my vision will carry me through. So, you know, having sort of quotes and things that uplift you is also really important, I feel something I found very useful. Now, knowing that we can change uh, this, this, as I mentioned before, having this confidence that my personality or my traits, it doesn't have to, you know, I may feel, I may have had these traits for a long time, but it doesn't mean to say that I can't change them. Because I think this is the fixed mindset that whatever I was born with or whatever, you know, people used to believe that by the time you're uh, you're kind of 15 or 20 everything is fixed your intelligence is fixed your your personality is fixed and and there's nothing you can do about it so you know very sort of deterministic whereas what we know now from the science we know that everything can be changed because we know now know about neuroplasticity and this is you know we we know that the brain can reorganize itself by forming new neural connections and, you know, a nice analogy of this is like where you've got a field of long grass and generally there will be a pathway or a few pathways through that field where people have, have trodden that path and it's a well-trodden path. And this is like our kind of habits of thinking. They're, they're all kind of, uh, they tend to get wired into our brains and and that's why sometimes when we want to change something about ourselves, uh, it's quite difficult because it's not a well-worn path. But of course, we can start another path and then we have to just keep treading that path and we have to keep creating that newness. And this is, uh, this is how we start to, um, to create different, different responses, different ways of thinking. And, you know, anything that I really want to change, I can. Now, uh, sorry, just keeping my eye on the time. <laughs> um, so another, another area that I would really like to uh, emphasize is that it's really important for us to know our strengths because we know the negativity bias. We tend to focus much more on our weaknesses. And in fact, of course, we've all got uh, incredible strengths. 
but we don't we can't always we don't always identify them that clearly so one thing we can do is just to sit down and, and really reflect on it ourselves or we can ask our friends uh, or our family well we need to pick the people that we know are going to be positive of course and ask them what they feel our strengths are because often you know they see things in us that we just don't see in ourselves we have the research in this area has, has found that that just about everybody has some kind of blind you know strengths blindness and uh, many of us you know don't really uh, recognize our strengths much at all um, so this this is one way I, I put on a website up on here VIA uh, which is values in action character.org and it's a, it's a, it's based on uh, um, positive psychology uh, which is a, a fairly well, newish branch of psychology since the 1990s anyway and what you can do there is you can take this this questionnaire which isn't very long and it gives you a list of 24 different character strengths and it, because all of us have all of the you know the idea is that we all have these different character strengths but in different degrees and so uh, through the questionnaire, answering the questionnaire, it lists them all in order. And so you can see what are your top strengths, and then you can really start to work with those strengths and develop them and use them more in our life. Because uh, one of the ways of boosting confidence is about using our strengths. And actually, you can use your strengths to counteract your weaknesses. Like, for example, I one of my strengths when I did this uh, this little questionnaire, I found one of my strengths was was discipline. And uh, one of my weaknesses is I'm not really very tidy. <laughs> so naturally, I'm not very tidy. Uh, so I thought, well, if I discipline myself just to take, just to use that strength uh, and to take three minutes every day just to tidy up uh, my, my bedroom, before I actually leave it and go somewhere else, go on to my day. Uh, and um, yeah, just do it for, for like three minutes because you, you can actually do quite a lot in three minutes. And so I did this every day for about two weeks and then it became a kind of a habit. <laughs> and so it was something that I just started to do quite naturally. So it's like using one particular strength to counteract another one. And, and even if you just use that strength consciously, more consciously in your life, then it has a really good positive effect on our, on our inner self-esteem. The other thing that interestingly uh, also helps to, um, helps our own confidence is actually being, is actually um, being able to spot the strengths in other people. And there was, there was a research study that they did um, about looking, yeah, they, they these people, the participants, they were asked to judge the positive and negative characteristics of three other people. And they found that the more positively that they judged them, the more happy, enthusiastic, capable, and emotionally stable they were found to be, they were found to be themselves. So it's another very nice habit that we can develop is actually looking for the strengths in others and telling them about, about their strengths. And that actually gives us a good feeling. And it also, of course, improves our relationships. 
So all of these things, exploring our own inner treasures, but also highlighting other people's. And, and this brings me on to another, something quite similar actually, but I think, you know, where we do sometimes feel a bit envious or a bit jealous of other people, um, this is a, a wonderful practice which, uh, which I've come across uh, and it's called sympathetic, sympathetic joy. And it's a, it's a kind of visualization process. And we start off by just uh, visualizing your, you know, picturing yourself and imagining yourself, imagining that something really nice has happened to you. Like, you know, somebody gave you a bunch of flowers or, you know, um, somebody said something really nice about you or, you know, you, you got well when you weren't, weren't feeling so well. And, um, and then you, you, you just feel, you know, you really feel the joy and how that would feel inside and just feel it kind of flowing through you and really kind of try to capture that joy as something that comes from inside. And then the next thing you, is that you picture someone you love and you imagine something really nice happening to them and feel the joy of that, which, you know, these are all much easier. <laughs> and then you picture somebody that you you perhaps come across in daily life, like maybe somebody in the shop, but you don't really know. And you picture something really lovely happening to them. And, and again, you, you know, you kind of start to feel the joy of that. And then when you're really well practiced in all of those things, then you think about somebody that you actually feel quite envious of and um, imagine something really nice happening to them. And instead of that sort of feeling of, oh, why is it happening to them again? Instead, you start to actually experience a joyful feeling yourself. So it, it, it starts to be very uplifting when nice things happen to other people. And, you know, when we first start doing this practice, it can be, you know, we maybe don't feel it, but it's just like everything else. It's like creating a new, uh, a new neural pathway. We need to kind of keep practicing and keep rehearsing it. And the last thing I just wanted to mention is really being clear about our values, because, um, you know, we all we all have these guiding principles by which we live our life. And, and often we've sometimes we've just inherited or, or taken on these values from parents or teachers or uh, as we're growing up. But, you know, gradually, I think we start to sort of fine tune our, our values. And so we need to, some, again, like our strengths, we need to sit down and think, well, what is really important to me? And am I really living my life according to my values? Because it's very easy to get to the end of our life and then reflect back and think, you know, sometimes people um, get, get to the end of their working life and, and their, their marriage has broken down and, you know, they don't have a good relationship with their children. And they suddenly realise that, oh, I, I never really put any real time into my family life and actually that's really something that's really important to me so it's like the demands of everyday situations can distract us from um, reflecting on what is important to us and really uh, putting uh, and making that a priority in our life so again it's something that's worth doing now and not you know not perhaps when it's it's too late also, when we, when we know our values uh, more clearly, uh, we can, you know, I think one of the problems with values is that sometimes we can feel, 
you know, we, we often don't only know our values when somebody else goes against them. So, for example, punctuality might be one of my values and that might be connected to respect. And so I only know that I've got that value, perhaps, when somebody's really late and I get really annoyed with them. But in fact, that is my value. And so if I put my attention much more onto using my values and not having the expectation that other people are going to share my values, because this is something that we kind of do unconsciously, that we think, oh, you know, my values are so good that everybody, everybody else should have exactly the same values. And then we get very upset when they don't share them. Uh, but in fact, you know, everyone has their own values. And so if I can just put my attention on me, think of, well, what's an important value? Is it respect? Okay, well, tomorrow, let me just make that a priority that I'm going to actually use that value. So every person that I meet, I'm going to think about that, have that, uh, that in the back of my mind. And again, this gives us a very good feeling because when you think of all the great people in the world, you know, all the great personalities, you know, the Nelson Mandela's and the uh, Mother Teresa and, you know, all, all the people, you get Gandhi, all the people we usually mention, they all had very clear, they were all very clear about their values. And I think um, this is something that, it, you know, it's very easy to do just to spend that time to reflect and implement. So just to sum up what we've talked about today. So building my confidence from the inside out so I'm not hooking it onto external things. I need to be aware of the things that are draining my confidence, such as my beliefs and my mindsets. The more that I become aware of that, the more I can step back and see that actually I can change any of these beliefs that I have. And so having this confidence that I can change, anything I can change. Knowing myself, knowing myself in a positive way, because we so often focus on the negative. So being aware that, you know, we have this negativity bias. Again, when I'm aware of a negativity bias, I can start to say, well, let me find things that are really positive. Let me look at my strengths. Let me look at my values and not use them to, to judge others, but instead use them to empower myself. So thank you. That brings me to the end of my presentation. Thank you, Joe. Would you lead us into oh. meditation? Yes. Sorry, I forgot about meditation. Okay, so let's take a few moments just to become Joe, very... Sorry, would you take the um, what your screen sharing off? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Sorry. So let's just take a few moments just to be very present. Very present with myself and go very deep inside and become aware of all the inner qualities that I have inside myself. And let me just choose one. Perhaps it's my resilience, my cheerfulness. Let me find one and just focus on that for a moment. 
and empower it. I am that. And just rehearse in your own mind how that feels. As we rehearse this quality, we start to really experience it. And as I experience it more deeply, I start to empower it. And let me visualize how I can use this quality in my life, perhaps in my relationships, in my work. Let me think of a scenario where I can use this quality. And just be aware of how it may change my whole way of being and how it may change my interactions and relationships. Because the more that we nourish our inner treasures, the more that we can make them grow and make them work for us and help us to feel that inner strength. And as we feel that inner strength, that inner positivity, my confidence begins to grow from inside. I'm no longer hooking it to something that can be there one minute and not the next. Instead, I'm finding this very real place of stability inside. Thank you. Thank you. The questions are coming in. So let me start with the first one. How would you reconcile neuroplasticity um, with respect to the personality um, with the finding that personality remains relatively stable through our lives. For example, would you suggest that an extrovert can change and become an introvert or vice versa? That's a very good question. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think we, I, I think it's a matter of uh, respecting our natural tendencies. Uh, I mean, I think Within, yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good point, because I think within our natural way of being, we, we maybe need to respect that. Uh, but I think 
we can always enhance. I think it's the it's 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 any kind of negativity that's crept in that causes the problem. It's not so much that I maybe want to be different, but it's where uh, it's where there's no, some kind of negativity that's influencing me. And so I think um, I think we do have a natural way of being, and I think you know we need to maybe enhance that and see and see that in a positive way. And within that, then there's lots of potential for, for change. So I think there are certain givens, that's true, but I can enhance my, give, you know, I can, by, by perceiving my givens in a very positive way, then I can enhance that and I can change different aspects. Thank that you. I feel need changing, yeah. Thank you. Um, you shared a quote, about stress, would you mind repeating it? Yes, uh, stress is a mismatch between the demands of a situation and my perception of my ability to cope. Thank you. Um, next question. The person saying they hurt their leg a few months back and they've had to give up team sports, which was very much their social life and fun. As a result, they don't see many people socially and can't go out and exercise like they used to. They feel lost and without purpose. Um, whilst they were so active before, could you share any tips, please? Well, I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly how, how you're feeling. Um, and I think the conclusion that I've come to is that it's it was it's been a signal for me to go inside and to be able to develop this inner world. And I, you know, I've 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 had to you know read a lot uh, and um, explore a lot uh, of different things. I mean, I found uh, people like um, Dr. Joe Dispenza has been very helpful in terms of understanding this whole practice of instead of focusing on what I can't do, then let me focus on what I can learn, what I can create uh, inside and develop something completely different inside. So yeah, it's like we do sometimes have to change our life, but um, you know, I think gratitude is, is really important because what I found is that I, I need to focus on the, the positive things that I still have in my life and not keep thinking about what I can't do, which is you know, quite extensive. And uh, I, I suppose that's, that's just the way, you know, I, sometimes it's been very difficult and very challenging because I also used to do a lot of, uh, you know, walking was just like my main thing. And now I can hardly walk. So, um, yeah, it's been a big shift. But that's the way I've got through it is, is gratitude for what I've got. The understanding that this is here for a reason and therefore I need to uh, think about developing my, my abilities in a different way rather than... Because I think it's very easy to take our, our feeling of... Um, well-being 
from exercise and and you know that's what many people do but actually well-being is something that we have inherently inside and it, it's there no matter what so uh, if I can understand that not to look for anything outside to make me feel good because actually this is our original way of being inside is that you know we we are peaceful we are happy we are content and so let me start to um, create that from inside but it's a journey it really is so I, I, I deeply understand and empathize Thank you. Um, the next question, the person is saying they identify with what you said earlier regarding the impact of stress and how we respond to it. And they're saying that at times they shut down and their confidence obviously takes a dip. In such instances, um, they then turn down things that they could do later on. On hindsight, they realize they could have done it mm -hmm. and that they turned down that opportunity. So the question they're asking is, what do I really need to look at here? And how can I change myself when it can feel so uncomfortable? Mm. Well, I, I feel that we, we just need to build, you know, it, it's not something maybe that can happen overnight. But it's like the more that we focus on, on the things that are, we've been exploring today, um, it, you know, it's like we just have to slowly build ourselves up from the inside. And uh, because that is, uh, you know, that is why we feel, that is why we experience stress. Because, uh, because we don't have that, we feel we don't have that ability to cope. But as you say, often, you know, we do have the ability and we and we realize that later on so let me just work on that let me just you know build myself up over time and perhaps it's necessary to take a risk and I know it's not comfortable but if I if I if that's been my learning the next time a challenge comes up or something is offered to me that comes up let me just go for it because otherwise I'm, I just stay in the same pattern and I think this is all about um, changing patterns. And the only way I can do that is, is to do something different because, you know, I think if I do what I've always done, I, I, always get, I get what I always got. So uh, it, it's an opportunity for me to say, okay, this time I'm gonna do something different. I'm going to try something new. Let me take on this challenge. But, you know, like I say, we need to work on these things before beforehand so that we have some kind of uh, substance something you know we've got more inner resources to draw upon because if if I'm not nurturing my inner world my inner being then when I find myself in those circumstances then it's like I've got nothing to to draw on you know it's just like paying money in a bank if I'm trying to withdraw money that I haven't got then it's not going to work so I have to keep pay, paying in. I've got to pay attention to myself, nurturing my strengths, nurturing my values and, and using them in my life. And then quite naturally, I will bolster myself 
from the inside. And then perhaps it will be more natural for me to say, yeah, I'm going to take up this, what they're offering me. It's lovely. Um, and the final question for this evening is, you spoke earlier about creating a vision of what you want to be in wellness. Um, where does one start creating a vision for oneself? And are there any steps that you would advise that we take? Well, I think you have to sit down uh, and think about how you, you know, what are all the feelings that you would have? Or, you know, when, you, when that vision is achieved, how would you feel? Uh, this is, you know, these are all things that um, uh, are, you know, if you read if you read more about neuroscience and uh, particularly you know I mentioned Joe Dispenza he's very good on all these kinds of things um, and so we have to create internally all the all the feelings and also uh, visualize the things that we would be doing so it's like just using using the power of our creativity using the power of our imagination and the more that we do it, the better we get at this. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes people say, oh, it's quite difficult to, uh, to do these things. Uh, but again, it's, it, it's just like what I said just now, is that um, I need to put, put a bit of time and energy into these, into these uh, practices, because nothing happens just like that. Um, so the more that I, you know, it's like I, I need to, to find a little bit of time where I'm uh, trying out these things that I really want to develop and um, you know put put aside that time daily so that I am nurturing myself every day or I'm using a new skill every day and the more that I develop this the you know the, the easier it becomes there's no doubt about it but it's like anything that's new it, it, it does feel uncomfortable and often it's easy just to say, oh, well, it's too difficult, so I'm just not going to bother. But, you know, in life, there are lots of things that are difficult and there are lots of things that are very, very hard. And uh, that's something else that I've had to realise that, you know, really difficult things happen to people. And the fact that it's happened to me, well, <laughs> why not? Why shouldn't it happen to me? So uh, let me, let me see it as a signal for me to develop something new and for me to really find ways of of um of um igniting some something in myself that had these things not happened i would never have uh you know just would never have gone that way and so you know like visualization uh these are all things that i i just need to put some time and energy into creating those feelings, creating that vision. Thank you. Um, and that brings us to the end of our evening tonight. I've just got a few announcements, but firstly, Joe, thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us um, a very clear, wonderful, practical, positive talk.